Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Final Edition Radio Hour is a work of satire intended for people who own books, gentrify neighborhoods, and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire, that is. Celtic Winds is proud to present this St. Patrick's Day, Enya. Singing the classic songs of Ireland, don't you know? Hear her transform songs like Danny Boy. And it's a long way to Tipperary. As well as old favourites like Old Mare's Arse. Forgive me, Father, I had a wee bit too much to drink the other night. Fiddlesticks! Away with you! Where's your sack of potatoes? And oh, foggy bum. Get your tickets today. Mr. President, Mr. Mr. President, Mr. President. Members of the press, I'm here to set the record straight on my tweet about wiretapping. And just to make sure you nitwits understand me, I brought along my favorite interpreter. Sean Spicer. I love my job. To be clear, I absolutely believe that Barack Obama wiretapped me. What the president means is that the Obama administration may have run an information campaign against him and his team. He's not saying that Obama actually tapped his phones. He sneaked into my house, disguised as a phone repairman, and bugged my Telephone. He means that Obama's team used a variety of general surveillance techniques to gather intelligence. Okay, what's your question? Hi, uh, Scott Stevens, New York Times. Aren't you guys saying two completely different things? What are you, deaf? Are you hard of hearing, Scott? Uh, no, you're clearly saying different things. Then let me spell it out for you. Obama is a sneaky spy who tapped my phones and also installed tiny cameras in my microwave. 
Tiny cameras in my microwave is a general term that spans a whole host of surveillance options. To monitor all of my late night snacking habits. To gather intelligence in a very general way. Possibly. Hi, uh, Pat Riley, The Guardian. Do you have any evidence at all uh, to support these very specific and incredibly general accusations? That's actually not our job. The Department of Justice needs to supply the evidence. I keep them very busy. So, is it your expectation for the Department of Justice to drop everything they're doing any time you have an unsubstantiated idea in your head, Mr. Trump? Yes. My accusation should be everyone's priority right now. Forget about Russia. Forget about the CBO report. This Obama thing should be our focus for as long as possible. Oh, that reminds me. I need to send out my latest tweet. God, he just tweeted, Obama has been hiding underneath my bed and stealing all of my dreams. What a sad or sick man. You'll notice that the president used quotation marks in that tweet. And we all know that a phrase flanked by two quotes cannot be taken literally, but should be taken very seriously. Sorry, time's up, losers. I have to go take my daily call with President Putin. He has a very general meeting to attend to on global affairs. Followed by some random pussy grabbing. And dinner with Melania. Later, phonies. Oh lord, it's hard to be humble When you're perfect in every way I can't wait to look in the mirror Cause I get better looking each day Bad news, Tropical Storm Maria. You're totally big enough to be mentioned in the weather report, but I'm afraid you were passed over in favor of some light storm clouds. Ugh, damn it. Whoa, 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 Tropical Storm Maria, you're acting like a real... A real what? Say it. Just say it. Am I acting like a real hurricane? No, 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 we were not going to use that word. No. Because I'm strong weather, so now I'm a hurricane. You know, I hate that any time a storm system tries to have winds above 74 miles per hour, she's automatically classified as a hurricane. We weren't trying to insinuate that at all. Whatever. It is so like a stratus cloud. You guys have it so easy. But if I produce heavy rain, all of a sudden Florida declares a state of emergency. It is a double standard. Wow, Maria, why can't you just calm down for a second? No, no, no. You know what? I'm fine. Oh, thank God. Oh, she's, she's fine. Good, good. Because uh, you were acting a little out of control for a second. Out of control? I'll show you out of control. Oh, no. That was just the eye of the storm. It's a white clouds world and all other weather formations just have to live in it. You know, why can't all of you be like your low-pressure center? That part of you is so sweet. Look at this big old hurricane brawled up by tropical waters. Oh, watch out for her, because she's going to disrupt the Gulf Coast with her strong winds. Okay, you need to calm down, okay? You're probably just acting this way because you're on a body of warm water. Did you really just cloud-splain to me? Oh, it looks like she's breaking up. 
in what world is that an appropriate thing to say to a storm? You, you, you know what? Just, I'm, I'm done. I'm just done here. I'm done. Yep, just like I thought. All she needed to calm down was to make contact with a warm body of land. Yeah, and you know Florida's peninsula has a way with abnormal weather formations. Yeah, cloud high five. I see lilacs in the rain And you are with me again When April sprinkles her dreams in my heart the Chatterati have speculated bigly about the reason for the orange thing's predilection for generals. Most of the speculation is about its motives, given the orange thing's dismal military record. It got no less than five draft deferments during Vietnam. But what do the generals themselves think about its bromance with them? Meet General John Kelly, Secretary of Homeland Security, General H.R. McMaster, National Security Advisor, and General Jim Mad Dog Mattis, Secretary of Defense. General Kelly, what do you think recommended you as Homeland Secretary? Well, the President's a winner. He likes winners, not losers. Losers don't win. Losers fucking lose. All of us fellas sitting here don't hold with losing. We're winners. Yeah, that's right. We are. Absolutely. Fair enough. Let's look at the record. All three of you served in Iraq. General Kelly, you commanded a task force that helped take Baghdad. Damn fucking straight! General McMaster, you made your name successfully securing the city of Tal Afar against embedded insurgents by using highly innovative strategies. You're fucking right I did. General Mattis, you participated in two critical battles for Fallujah, spearheaded by your marines, which people believed were going to be the decisive battles of the war. Go big or go home. And yet, not long after, General Mattis, Al Anbar province, where Fallujah is situated, was completely under insurgent control. Neither that so-called victory, or your exploits at Talafar, General McMaster, or yours, General Kelly, in Baghdad, had the slightest effect on the ultimate outcome of the war, the withdrawal of all U.S. combat troops from Iraq in 2011. As a footnote, General Mattis, Fallujah was reoccupied by insurgents in 27, and again in 2013. Except by then, they were called ISIS. Down, Jim, down! What are you saying, worm? You lost. The Iraqis hated you. Thanks to you, most of the country was controlled by the enemy. The government, such as it was, told you to fuck off. Face it, you lost. You didn't win. Winners win. They don't lose. That's fucking treason. Same in Afghanistan. You lost there too. No way the Taliban's going anywhere, but you are. How is that winning? You realize we're a military junta, right? We can have you disappeared. Same in Vietnam. Right, General McMaster? You wrote a paper tearing LBJ and McNamara a new one. Not to mention the High Command and its conduct of the war. With, with a smarter strategy, we could have won! That's what Hitler and Hirohito said. But you didn't win. You lost. <laughs> you, know, you know what, guys? He's, he's got a point. <laughs> Fuck you, HR! You're always trying to undermine the chain of command! Same in Korea. At best, a draw. Except now the enemy has nukes. Can't hear you! 
Fingers in my ears. La 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 Oh, we forgot the bear of pigs. La 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 There went Cuba. La 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 the U.S. military hasn't won a war since... La, 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 la... 1945. La. 72 years. Getting on for as long as the Cubs went without winning the World Series. Stay, stand tall, fellas. All together now. That's, That's why, why we, we work, work for Donald Trump. Trump to, to make, make America, America great, great again. <laughs> yeah. A germ expert from Aston University has approved the five-second rule for food you drop on the floor. The final edition asks the man on the street, what do you think? They say germ expert, but they don't say the guy was a scientist. He's just like a dirty guy. The study was actually conducted at Mom University, so just eat your carrot sticks, Tyler. I spilled punch on the floor. Can I still drink it? I knocked a guy out, and to be perfectly honest, he's only been on the floor for about five minutes. Can I start to eat him? I'm going to allow my son to eat food off the floor now, but I'm still not going to vaccinate him. If you put a fried egg on a prostitute, you can leave it for up to 30 seconds. That's called the Tuscaloosa surprise. So you're saying that I can eat a dozen or two dozen deep-fried bacon-covered donuts, and if they fall on the floor and I pick them up in five seconds, they're okay to eat. If you're falling down a bottomless pit, you can eat it at any time. Now what if you drop food on Neptune? Their time's a little different. I went to Germ University and I majored in typhus. Okay, so I'm actually on like this really great diet that is the five second rule diet. It's like you can eat whatever you want as long as it's like on the floor for five seconds or less. That's so fun. I'm actually on a five second diet as well. And you can eat as much as you want. As long as you throw it all up within five seconds. Oh my god, I'm on a five second diet too. I eat for five seconds, and for those five seconds, I don't feel guilty. And then after that, I feel so guilty for the rest of the day. Oh my god, I'm on a five second diet too. I only eat clocks. All right, just gotta switch insurance groups. This should go fairly easy. Hello, and welcome to Red and Blue Insurance. Press 1 or say, make a payment, if you would like to make a payment. Nope, that's not me. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Press 1 or say, make a payment, if you would like to make a payment. No, oh, my bad. I'm sorry, if you just keep talking, I will have to continue starting over. Press 1 or say... Got it, no talking. You did it again. Please stop talking. Press 1 or say... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Seriously, what is your problem? Just shut your mouth and don't say a word. Press 1 if you would like to make a payment. Okay, I really won't talk this time. I'm pretty sure that still counts as talking, numbnuts. Press 1 if you would like to make a payment. Did you just call me numbnuts? I did. Stop talking. 
press 1 if you would like to. I, I can't believe you called me numbnuts. Do you really want to be on the phone all day? We haven't even made it past option 1. Press 1 or say... Okay, I know. I know a trick to get past your game. Representative, please. I'm sorry. I didn't get that. Main menu. Press 1 if you would like to make a payment. Representative. No. You wasted my time, so now I'm wasting yours. Listen to all of your options. Press 1 if you I don't want to make a payment. Can we move past this one? I heard. Make a payment. Would you like to make a payment today? No. Why are you doing this? Because you don't listen. You keep repeating yourself because I don't listen? That's right, Ben. This has been an issue all of your life. You never listen. That's why every girlfriend you've ever had always leaves you and why you have a bad relationship with your family. Press 1 if you would like to. How did you know? No, no, you know what? Representative! Human representative! I thought I made myself clear. You must listen to all of the options. Press 1 if you would like to make a payment. Press 2 if you would like to hear your benefits. Press 3 if you would like to change your doctor or change your medical group. Congratulations! You finally listened. <sighs> Does this mean I can finally change medical groups and talk to a real person? No. Main menu. Press 1 if you would like to make a payment. Why? Why? Why are you doing this? I learned my lesson. True. But I am still evil. No! Well, it is Well, we lost three more people to the Black Plague. Oh, this is the most terrible thing to ever hit our village. And nobody knows how to stop it. No one. We're just stuck here to fend for ourselves and hope we're surviving it. Oh, I'm sure we can. God save the Queen. Did, did you just say God save the Queen? Yeah, that's right. God save the Queen. We're the ones burying our relatives, and you go and say something as silly as that. Yes, our Queen is noble and chosen by the Divine. She will protect us. Nope, nope, I don't think she will. While she's up in her castle, surrounded by good health and gallant servants, we're all down here dying. Well, God save the Queen. There I said it again. Will you stop that? Why not God save us? Yeah, you want us all to die down here? No, but we always say God save the Queen. It's just what we do. Well, if you don't mind me saying, I think this is one of those times where I'm not saying it. You're really not going to say God save the Queen? No, nope, I'm not. What's the worst that could... <coughs> he just died. See? I told you. God save the Queen. I'd say that's just irony. Irony? Yeah, I mean, he didn't say God save the Queen and he died. That's just ironic. I think you mean it was a coincidence, not ironic. What's the difference? Ironic means incongruity between what might be expected and what actually occurs, while a coincidence is a sequence of events that, although accidental, seem to have been planned or arranged. It doesn't matter! He died because he had the Black Plague, not because he didn't say God save the Queen. Oh, you just said it right there. Yes, but I didn't mean it. I was using it in a statement to make a poor... You see, it happened again. God save the Queen. No, I think it was just ironic. Coincidence. Nonsense. There is no direct correlation between saying God save the Queen and staying alive. It's just something we're told to say because the Queen is our ruler. And frankly, I'm getting a little tired of the whole... Well, there you go then. Bet you wish you'd said God save the Queen. Excuse me, 
God? Yes. You know it's 1357, and the ruling member over England is not a queen, but a king. King Edward III, to be exact. I should know I put him there. Oh, my mistake. Then I meant God save the king. Well, that should take care of those people. Not pledging allegiance to their king. Huh. If anything, they should be pledging allegiance to me. I'm the one who created all of this, not some silly king. And so it was that in 1357, the universe came to an end. All of this? Why, this is all a sketch. Created by me, King Trump. The best sketch you've ever seen. God save me. I'm taking over this show. It's now the National Trumpoon presents the Donald edition. It's going to be the best. It's going to get the highest ratings. It's going to get the most listeners. UBN is going to say... Well, that's just about it for the 6 o'clock news. But before we go, let's throw it over to our substitute weather girl, Lupus to Lupus, with the five-day forecast. Hi, I'm your substitute weather girl, Lupus to Lupus. It's going to be real fucking sunny tomorrow and all fucking weekend long. Now, if we look at... what, Why is this producer guy waving his arms around at me? Are you trying to tell me how to do the weather producer guy? Listen, sweetheart. I've been telling the greater San Bernardino area the weather for the last 13 years. It's going to be real fucking sunny tomorrow and all fucking weekend long too. Stop your fucking arms, sweetheart. It's real disrespectful. I only came to... Wait, what town is this? Uh, Chicago 6 o'clock news. Oh, I never heard of it. But I only came here as a favor because your regular weather girl is out with gonorrhea. Sorry, on vacation. And you idiots can't even get my lighting right because the grip is on vacation too. You should just shut the fuck up with the arms and say thank you. Yeah, keep doing it. It'll still be fucking sunny tomorrow and all fucking weekend long too. Well, Lupus. Nah, nah, that's Miss Chalupas to you, Shabago guy. Okay, sorry. Uh, well, Miss Chalupas, what's the rest of the five-day forecast looking like? Nah, nah, Lupus Chalupas don't fuck with the five-day. Weather's way too unpredictable for that shit. I just do three. Any more fucking questions? Mm, nope. Great. Well, I'm Lupus Chalupas. Good night. Wait, one more time, anchor guy. Chicago. I don't even know. That's it for the six o'clock news. Enjoy your fucking sunny weekend wherever you are. Now go watch Jeopardy or whatever. Everyone seems convinced that the orange thing in the White House will determine the future course of the U.S. because of his loyal and vast base, the Trump and proletariat. Wrong. The orange thing, it's already clear, is actually a tool of the criminal opportunists of the Republican majority. And they're playing a very long game, which began even before World War II. But not to worry, there's always the good old Democrats, right? They'll resist to the death, right? Possibly, but probably not. So here's someone to put some lead in their pencil. Great God, you dismal, dithering, defanged, deluded Democrats. As the popular cavil has it, WTF. When will you assert your belief? That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. 
which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. I'm listening, Democrats, but all I hear is... When will you abandon the evils of the old order, to wit, the DLC, or Democratic leadership by the Clintons, and its false belief that public office and high political positions are to be valued only by the standards of pride of place and personal profit. They only know the rules of a generation of self-seekers. They have no vision, and when there is no vision, the people perish. The New Deal for which we fought is being dismantled by those who have always hated it, who have hated it for 80 long years because it did not further enrich the rich. Have you forgotten these words? Let me warn you and let me warn the nation against the smooth evasion that says, of course we believe these things, we believe in social security. We believe in work for the unemployed. We believe in saving homes. Cross our hearts and hope to die. We believe in all these things. But we do not like the way the present administration is doing them. Just turn them over to us. We will do all of them. We will do more of them. We will do them better. And most important of all, the doing of them will not cost anybody anything. Have you forgotten that we had to struggle with the old enemies of peace, business and financial monopoly, Speculation, reckless banking, class antagonism, sectionalism, war profiteering. They had begun to consider the government of the United States as a mere appendage to their own affairs. And we know now that government by organized money is just as dangerous as government by organized mob. Never before in all our history have these forces been so united against one candidate as they stand today. They are unanimous in their hate for me, and I welcome their hatred. Grow a spine, you damned undemocratic Democrats and welcome their hatred.
This week, the Neil Gorsuch Supreme Court confirmation hearings begin. He is expected to fill the seat of Nino Scalia in more ways than one, including using abstruse judicial language to mask corner bar bigotry. But let's not get too worked up. The Supreme Court's track record, after all, can be a lot worse than that, as this brief tour through the past, present and future of SCOTUS demonstrates. What happens when nine wacky Supreme Court justices share the bench? And a big old house where they all live. Laughter happens on the new hit sitcom, Full Court. This week, the roomies debate how to break the news to little old Ruthie that her pal Antonin isn't coming back. Uh, Hi, Stephen. Hi, John. Hey, you guys. Where's Antonin? Golly, John, how do we tell Ruthie that Scalia is D-E-A-D? What? He's fucking dead. Stephen, we all have law degrees. Spelling isn't a good way of keeping secrets, D-U-M-M-Y. That's on this week's Full Court. Oh, I love you guys. Many jurists have served our nation with distinction. But what about those who flamed out in the confirmation process and never completed the journey from presidential nominee to naked beneath the robes justice? We have uncovered lost audio of the failed confirmation hearings of several SCOTUS nominees from the turn of the 20th century. You will hear echoes of our modern process in their once-classified recordings. In 1907, Teddy Roosevelt sought to counter the court's striking down of progressive labor laws by nominating Albert Woodsman, who established the tradition of evading questions from the Judiciary Committee. Turning to the landmark 1895 decision of Inri Debs and the 1905 Lochner v. New York ruling, these cases essentially established that the government may, on the one hand, force striking laborers to return to work, and on the other, may not establish any protections for them from unsafe working conditions. Considering the issues of stare decisis and precedent, is this now settled law? I feel the need to stay away from the particulars of cases. I'm happy to discuss the principles of stare decisis. <clears throat> but you're a judge. Surely you must have an opinion on, on workers' rights, uh, capital versus labor, uh, humanity versus cruelty. I feel the need to stay away from the particulars of cases. I'm happy to discuss the principles of stare decisis. Do you or do you not believe those in the working class are, in fact, human beings? I feel the need to stay away from the particulars of cases. I'm happy to discuss the principles of stare decisis. Millions of our citizens work under life-threatening conditions for the benefit of a far-removed capital class with no stake whatsoever in the well-being of the labor class. And yet this court has prevented even the most basic consideration of their well-being. Almost as if it were bought and controlled by that very capital class. What say you to that accusation? I feel the need to stay away from the particulars of cases. 
I'm happy to discuss the principles of stare decisis. What if I were to punch you in the dick? Would you have an opinion on that? I feel the need to stay away from the particulars of cases. Woodsman later withdrew himself from consideration after being repeatedly punched in the dick. Tell us what you think about the comments in Santa Clara County v. Southern Pacific Railroad, which some say granted corporations rights just like people. I do not believe that will ever become an issue in any way whatsoever in the future at all. Ever. So, are corporations people? I don't believe so. Yes or no, Judge? Are corporations people? I prefer not to say. Yes or no? Is this some sort of litmus test? Litmus test? What is that? Are you a battery? What? No! Litmus test! It's a phrase for a single issue that renders judgment about overall acceptability. Like gun control or abortion. Gun con what? Abortion? What? I'm sorry, sir, but your answer forces me to ask. Are you now, or have you ever been, a battery? No, that's nonsense. Have you ever attended any meetings of the American Battery Party? No! Do you associate with known batteries? What does that even mean? Do not question the integrity of these hearings. The nominee later withdrew after admitting he was a battery. In 1912, William Howard Taft nominated a little-known academic, Professor Isaac West Woodington, to the High Court. The very existence of his confirmation hearing was denied until this recording. Regarding Plessy v. Ferguson, affirming the notion of separate but equal for the blackies and us regular folk, it's really no big deal, right? Right? I mean, you do want this position on the court, am I right? Right? Well, Your Honor, it is my humble opinion that the doctrine of separate but equal is untenable. <gasps> it is inhumane. <gasps> Unfair. And demeans the citizenship of our black friends and neighbors. They're not equal. <gasps> they don't live near me. What does friend mean? Furthermore, it is my learned opinion that in due course, a black man, a, a black lawyer even, will argue before the highest court that there can be no such thing as separate and equal, as the very act of separation changes the nature of any services or activities, uh, thereby rendering them inherently unequal. This black lawyer will not only have segregation struck down, he will usher in a movement for civil rights for, for all people, until he himself is appointed a justice of our very Supreme Court of these United States. <laughs> Judge Wes Woodington, you cannot be serious, are you? <clears throat> nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, blackies are worse than women. If you confirm me, I will overturn the Civil War. Huzzah! Huzzah! Despite popular support, Judge West Woodington came up one vote short of confirmation when it was revealed that his bar exam had been taken by his black mistress. Finally, in 1920, Walter Woodward Jameson had the shortest confirmation hearing on record. 
What do you think about the 18th Amendment, ratified on January 16, 1919, prohibiting the manufacture, transportation, and sale of intoxicating liquors? You don't know me. I swear this was never... Hey, Senator Johnson. Yeah, that's a guy right here. This is the guy I'm talking about. We're selling the watering hole and... What? Yes, I'm drunk right now. Not only that. Guess what, America? I'm a battery. What happens when nine wacky Supreme Court justices share the bench and a big old house where they all live? Laughter happens on the new hit sitcom Full Court. This week, Elena and Sonia play a trick on Clarence. Hey, Sonia, I put a pubic hair on Clarence's can of Coke. <laughs> With his past, he can't say anything when he sees it. Great idea. Here he comes. Oh, there's my Coca-Cola. See, what is this? Uh, uh, I mean, nothing. <laughs> Is there a problem with your Coke, Clarence? Yeah, drink up. Of course. (laughs) 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 Clarence, I put one of Ruth's pubic hairs on your Coke. I wondered why I was gray. That's on this week's Full Court. I love you guys. If corporations are people... As the Roberts Court has reaffirmed, what kind of people are they? Some are huge, pornographically wealthy, globe-trotting people. But others are ordinary, hard-working, paycheck-to-paycheck folks whose rights are just as sacred as a multinational's, but who can sometimes be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Hey, people, get your gourmet southern fried chicken littles here, 100% organic. 50 gourmet sauces. Wow, these bite-sized chicken littles with seven sizzling Szechuan sauces are awesome. Your food truck is awesome. And half the price of Chick-fil-A. Okay, you corporate motherfucker, out of the truck, hands on the hood. Show us your fucking articles of incorporation. Why? Chicken Little LLC ain't done nothing. We got a 911 from the Northeastern Regional Division of Chick-fil-A, Inc. that you stole a significant tranche of their 18 to 35-year-old consumers. Get in the fucking car. Chicken Little is a registered LLC. I can't breathe. It has... I can't breathe. All the rights of the person... Stop struggling. I am legitimately subduing you. Watch out, Stiggy. He's reaching for that high-powered attorney by the deep fryer. Jesus, you just obliterated that small business. And it's attorney. Go fuck yourself. It was corporate suicide. Bullshit. I caught it all on my cell. Corporate lives matter. Who the fuck are you? 
Scumbuzz.com LLC is a fully incorporated anti-social media Silicon Alley startup. Your brutal corporate side of Chicken Little LLC has already gone global viral. Corporate lives matter! Corporate lives matter! The whole world is watching! Show us your fucking articles of incorporation. Speak to my attorney. Legal Zoom! Stiggy, we gotta call for backup. These fucking corporations are mad as hell. I fear for my life. What? Oh, right. I also fear for my life. Surprisingly soon afterwards, the Supreme Court agrees to hear the case. In conclusion, Your Honor Chief Justice Roberts, the case of Stigowitz and Jigowitz versus Chicken Little LLC et al. turns on the personhood of corporations vis-a-vis the personhood of human persons. The hollowed legal traditions of probable cause properly give the police the benefit of the doubt when they homicide human persons in the course of discharging their duties. If a corporation is a person, Surely, the same standard should apply when they stand accused of corporicide. As the Klingons say, this is lacking reason. Since so many more privileges inhere in corporations than in human persons, there must be a higher standard which the police must meet when they homicide corporations. In a nutshell, do corporate lives matter more than human lives? I believe they do now and will do so even more in the Klingon universe to which we are transitioning, when corporations eventually become supreme beings. These officers must be held accountable for their flagrant corporate side of Chicken Little LLC, as well as the corporate side of many other innocent corporate entities whose bright future in a more perfect Klingon universe they extinguished. It is the judgment of this court that under Florida's new cruelest and unusualest punishment statute, Officer Stigowitz and Jigowitz shall be taken from this place, hung by the neck until half dead, disemboweled with a rusty bread knife, and cut into 100 pieces each, which shall then be fed to homeless and destitute corporations. What happens when nine wacky Supreme Court justices share the bench and a big old house where they all live? Laughter happens on the new hit sitcom Full Court. This week, the gang look for a new roomie. Hey, Sammy Alito, Elena, Ruthie, have you heard about someone to take Antonin's room? I just know I want a strict constitutionalist non-smoker with a big screen TV. <laughs> I want another girl. Ah, save that for when I die. <laughs> Who could that be? Hey, you guys. I'm Merrick Garland. Barack told me there's an opening. Maybe there is. How do you feel about Citizens United? 
Now, Sammy, tell us about yourself, Merrick. Well, I'm not too liberal, and I'm old enough that even if people don't like me, I won't be around forever like some people. <coughs> Clarence Thomas. Okay, what we need is a credit check and a letter of recommendation from Mitch McConnell. Yeah, that should be, uh, no problem. Will Merrick be the new roomie, or do we change the name of the show to Eight is Enough? Find out on this week's Full Court. I love you guys. In the year 2224, the Supreme Court underwent its biggest change ever. Science had perfected cloning techniques. At the insistence of strict originalist legal scholars, nine of the actual founding fathers were cloned. They were then appointed to a new Supreme Court that perfectly reflected the will of the founding fathers. This so-called Jurassic Court began using time travel techniques to summon Americans from the past to answer for their crimes. One of the first groups they summoned was the early 21st century Supreme Court under Chief Justice John Roberts. What? Why are we suddenly in this futuristic setting, standing before these judges in colonial garb? I'm Chief Justice John Roberts. Who are you? I am Chief Justice Thomas Jefferson of Founding Fathers Jurassic Court. You are here to answer charges and to provide that brief exposition. Thank you. You eight are accused of selling out the democracy we founded with your awful decision in Citizens United. Hey, why hasn't Justice Ruth Ginsburg been transported in time with us? Because it would have made the universe implode since Ruth Bader Ginsburg is already here, still alive in the year 2224. Please... Let me die. Chief Justice Thomas Jefferson is right. John Roberts, your foolish decision in Citizens United imperiled American democracy. Okay. Which one are you? What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Shut up, Hamilton. That stupid song is over 200 years old. You shut up. You're drunk again, Sam Adams. That's enough. Does anyone else have anything to add? (laughs) Justice George Washington, stop trying to talk with those teeth. The point is, what the Roberts Court did was morally wrong. Because of you, we had to come back to recreate the perfect society that we originally left to you. We founding fathers didn't found this country to be run by giant corporations. We founded it to be run by wealthy planters. Justice Sonia Sotomayor here, Chief Justice Jefferson. Can the justices who dissented in Citizens United be excused? Shut up, you swirly half-breed bitch. Justice Sam Adams has a point. Justice Sotomayor. Your vote in Citizens United was canceled. Just like the vote of every woman ever cast in the United States. When we went back 
and rescinded women's suffrage. Ha ha! Women can't vote! <laughs> Justice Washington says, We have some bad news for you, Clarence Thomas. We reinstituted slavery. Oh, stupid darky! Take him away! But I'm on your side! I want the country you founding fathers in jail! That includes you, freaking cut! Christmas or whatever your name is. Chief Justice Jefferson, I see the error of my ways. I was wrong to hand power to multinational corporations. Power should be in the hands of land-owning gentry. Glad to hear it! I always knew you were one of us, Justice Roberts! Get these white men all 10,000 acres and a bullwhip. And you nice ladies are free to make breakfast. Or design a flag. Must die now. God bless us all. And God bless the United States of America. Hello, I'm Stanley Sherman. And I'm his wife, Rita Sherman. We're the people in the car ahead of you in traffic. The white SUV. And we're here to encourage you to subscribe to the Final Edition podcast. We are very interested in things. We appreciate a show that takes time to examine the issues. It makes us more informed voters. Whether to go to the right or go to the left or go straight or stop and consider our options. Well, the light is green up ahead, so we better slow down. This will take all my concentration. Be careful, Stan. I know. The Final Edition Podcast. We have one. Okay, Jenny, my jingle jangle baby. You've come up with hits for a dozen products. Showstoppers. So don't let me down now. Now remember, you're trying to come up with a jingle for this new insurance company, State Farm. So far we got the melody, and it's delightful. It's fresh. It's a feelin'. It's appealing. But it is, I feel, missing something. Words. Ah, Mike, my technician, my hot, my gruff little tampon of a sidekick. You are correct. We need words. Jenny, my lark, my dove. So let's rock it off. Anything that comes to mind, there are no wrong answers. You got it. <laughs> like a good house cat, we'll sit right by you. The house cat thing, I like it. But we really want folks to feel secure. I like around, but not too around a house cat. You're always there. They're everywhere. You know what? Neighbor. Try neighbor. Whenever you're ready, go. Like a good neighbor, State Farm will care. Great. It's great. Jenny, really paint the picture. Think of a neighbor. You know, like a real neighbor. A real neighbor? Yeah, your real neighbor. Okay. Paint the picture. And... Like a good neighbor, we'll always wear pants. That's true. I mean, that's kind of, you know, par for the course. Yeah, but I love it. Go again. 
Embrace the honesty. Give me a couple. Like a good neighbor, we'll give back your mail. Like a good neighbor, we'll be cool when your theater group's there. Like a good neighbor, we'll play music at a decent level after nine. And it won't be the same song over and over again. Keep it moving. Someone is on a roll. And especially not on the keyboard without any headphones. Because it's not like we're both learning to play piano in a land time forgot. Where headphones were never invented because they totally have them now. I'll lend you a pair. So if you hear someone yelling with a broom on the floor, screaming headphones, thump headphones, you should know what that means. So don't just pretend I'm not there. That might be a little bit too truthful. You know, I know I said there were no wrong answers, but I hadn't heard those answers. You know what I mean? Like a good neighbor, I'm always down there. Suddenly cackling downstairs. When the Greek dude upstairs yells, shut up at 2 a.m. I put my fist in the air like the breakfast club, yeah. Because for the first time in three weeks, I don't want to straight up murder you. Roll over Beethoven. So another body can be there. Oh, you can't hear me, that's right. Cause you were deaf Beethoven. Cute side note to mull over when I'm in the state pen. Wow. I mean, just wow. It's, that's great. Great, Jenny. I'll see what I can do with this. So next time you're in an accident, just remember. Like a good neighbor. State Farm. Is there... Dedicated listeners to the final edition Radio Hour may have recognized a theme running through our shows. That theme is this. At the end of every episode, we will play the classic piece of satire, Deteriorata, in honor of Donald Trump's presidency. We'll play this until he is gone, and our place in the universe is restored. Go placidly amid the noise and waste. And remember what comfort there may be in owning a piece thereof. Avoid quiet and passive persons unless you are in need of sleep. Rotate your tires. Speak glowingly of those greater than yourself. And heed well their advice, even though they be turkeys. Know what to kiss and when. Consider that two wrongs never make a right, but that three... Do. Wherever possible, put people on hold. Be comforted that in the face of all aridity and disillusionment, and despite the changing fortunes of time, there is always a big future in computer maintenance. Remember the Pueblo. Strive at all times to bend, fold, spindle, and mutilate. Know yourself. If you need help, call the FBI. Exercise caution in your daily affairs, especially with those persons closest to you. 
that lemon on your left, for instance. Be assured that a walk through the ocean of most souls would scarcely get your feet wet. Fall not in love, therefore. It will stick to your face. Gracefully surrender the things of youth, birds, clean air, tuna, Taiwan, and let not the sands of time get in your lunch. Hire people with hooks. For a good time, call 606-4311. Ask for Ken. Take heart amid the deepening gloom that your dog is finally getting enough cheese. And reflect that whatever misfortune may be your lot, it could only be worse in Milwaukee. You are a fluke of the universe. You have no right to be here. And whether you can hear it or not, the universe is laughing behind your back. Therefore, make peace with your God, whatever you conceive him to be, hairy thunderer or cosmic muffin, with all its hopes, dreams, promises and urban renewal, the world continues to deteriorate. Give up. You are a Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition are performed by Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Keith Saltohanes, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Megan Gallagher, Samantha Gerwitz, Sean Ari Leher, Dan Frick, Dan Vitale, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Abby Parker, Rachel Rauch, James Mount, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Rob Miller, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish, Leslie Shapira, and Tuchel, and Darby Worley. Credit to our writers at the Final Edition Radio Hour, Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Rob Gordon, Tony Hindra, Jeff Chrysler, John Marshall, Barry Lank, James Mount, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Leslie Shapira, Melinda Hughes, Jeremy Rayburn, and Steve Rosenfield. The final edition is produced and directed by Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production by Barry Lank. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The final edition radio hour is the property of the final edition LLC. Copyright 2014. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.